everybody to season two of the Chronic Sisters podcast. Thank you so much for coming back. Sorry for the long wait. We took Christmas off, didn't we, Jess? We took Christmas and a bit off. And a bit and some. But you are joined by your host, me, Sean. And me, Jess. And we're coming back for a season two of fun-filled and, you know, chronic illness vibes coming at us (laughs) left, right and centre because... You betcha we collected content while we were away. Of course, we didn't want to let the people down. And so content was the theme and content is what we (laughs) We delivered. We didn't know that that's what we were doing, but you know. We did it and we did it all for you. You're welcome. You're so welcome. But season two is going to be an exciting season. We don't want to give too much of it away, but there is going to be a lot of exciting things to come. And we've got some very interesting people coming to talk with us. So we are very pumped. So hold on to your spoons, people. It's going to be coming at you thick and fast. <laughs> Bloody hell. And hopefully, if this one isn't, the next few will hopefully also be on YouTube because your girl techno wizard here is trying to upgrade the podcast for the visuals so that not only the audible listeners can hear us, but also the visual people can see us as well. Honestly, you should see our setup. So we've moved from my house because we'll get into that in a minute, but I'm currently furnitureless. So (laughs) we've we've moved into Sean's living room and Zach actually bought us some, I called them microwaves on a stick, but... (laughs) Apparently that's not their name. It's not the name. It's not the name. We've we've been gifted over Christmas some soft box lighting so your gals can wear their glasses without rings beaking off and blinding everybody. Um, yeah, so, so guys, we're looking, looking good on camera. It's like, like if you did those old school awkward classroom photos. I was like, Zach, what did you Google to find them? Like school photo lights. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like that. So we're no looking just. professional. <laughs> We're faking it till we make it and hopefully, you know, the content and the the professionalism will catch up with It'll the... It'll keep uh, growing. We're just going to get more <laughs> professional. With the equipment. Yeah. Is what we're hoping for at least. Yeah. But something else that we've upgraded this season... Oh, fucking hell. And I think we're all going to be thankful that <laughs> I Jess know. and I don't have to continually sing each episode is that we have... Oh my God. I don't even know. Guys, this is the... Un- Raw, unedited, unfinalized version. Because you know what time oh, it is. It is the fun fact follow up. Fun, 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 You're all welcome. Welcome back. Season two is spicier than ever, isn't it? (laughs) So fun fact follow up. Obviously, we've been away for Christmas, but on our last episode of season one, we talked about what would potentially be happening over the Christmas period. And we've got some fun fact follow ups. We do. And if you follow us on socials on Instagram, you'll probably know a little bit about this. But um, I mean, I don't know if I should start with the good or the bad news. Maybe I'll start with the good. Good. Should I start with the good? I'm going to fuck the the good. Fuck the routine. Okay, so I'm going to start with the good news. So I remember last season, we were wrapping up sitting on Sean's living room floor and I said that I had put in an offer on a house. Mm -hmm. 
and I was I was going to be a beachside babe. Mm-hmm. Now, the sad news to this story is that I didn't get that house and I was very sad and I was like, my life is over. Everything sucks. Just something good was meant to happen to me and, of course, nothing good's going to happen to me. And I, you know, I took it to the extreme and life was bad for a moment there. Yeah. And I was outbitted by some other chick. Anyway, it wasn't good. So then a few weeks went by and I'd given up and then I ended up putting on a ha- an offer on a house, not as close to the beach, but still definitely in the areas I was looking, mm-hmm. but it was a fixer-upper, a big fixer-upper. Big, big, big fixer-upper. Not much space, big fixer-upper. Anyway, the yard was beautiful, so it would have been great for buns. But on my offer, that so I did put an offer on it, mm-hmm. but on my offer I wrote or verbally said, Subject to pets being allowed. Yeah. And they were all like, well, Jess, if you own it, you can do whatever the fuck you like. Well, no, some strata people, I don't really understand strata, but Sean is a strata gal and mm. she was explaining it to me. She was like, you need to be careful of that. So I was like, yeah, yeah, strata, I've got to be careful. Um, and so I put my verbal offer on, didn't hear anything. And this was all off market. So I hadn't gone to market yet. Mm. And then the week later, I was on a Wednesday and I got a call. I got a Well, because I got a call the Wednesday to say, oh, they'll need to have a strata meeting because they're not sure if they'd allow buns. And I was like, well, I withdraw my offer. I don't want to not feel welcome in the house that I buy. Mm. See mm. you, bye. Mm-hmm. So that was on a Wednesday. And I was like, well, life shit again. Surprise. <laughs> And then on the Thursday, I was at work and I was on my lunch break and I was scrolling through the market, mm-hmm. as I do on mm. realestate.com for those listeners out there. I was scrolling through and I was like, OMG, my, the original OG beach shack that I wanted, the one in the same complex next door got put up for sale. Yes, ma'am. And it was the front one and there was only one neighbor and it had a big potential garden space for Bourne's. Boons was welcome because six out of the eight people in the complex have dogs. Yeah. So I, I Dog knew friendly. for sure. And so I was like, this is it. So I rung the agent who was actually the same agent, called him and said, why is it up on market? I would have bought it off market. Saw it that day, put an offer in that night, got it the next morning. So your gal, your gal, your gal. has a new home. I don't move in for another. I was meant to move in on Valentine's Day, which is yeah. a bit cute, a little bit of self-love. But now it's been moved forward a bit, which is nice. Um, and I am going to be a little beachside babe and I had to sell my house. So it all happened in a very, very short period of time Mm. in terms of like getting my house ready for photos and put it up to sell and have home opens. And anyway, I had it, had photos taken, it was put on the market and it was sold within five days. Five days, less than a week. Five days. I know, it sold a house. So yes, at 27, I'm onto my second home. We love Um, that. Yes. So I am currently, the reason I have no furniture and why we're sitting in Sean's living room floor is because I have decided that it's time to cleanse, cleanse my soul, Mm. cleanse everything. And so I've decided that every single item that was in my house that I had bought with my ex is not coming with me. It's not coming. So Uh -uh. anything he touched, he can't come. Leaving at the door. Yep. So I have been selling everything. So I've sold my dining table, my dining chairs, my coffee table, my rugs, my buffet cabinet, spare bedroom. Yeah, just everything. The whole podcast room's gone. I know. We don't have a podcast room. It's currently full of boxes and storage. So that Bundy doesn't eat them. Yes. Because he loves a bit of cardboard. Yeah, cardboard crack to Bunds. That's all hidden. Side note, if anyone has ever sold anything on... Um, the internet so on like Facebook marketplace or Gumtree you know that sometimes it can be a really good experience and other times 
people can be crazy. Um, so, Jet, I'm going to hijack your story for a second because I've watched this happen. So, Jess put on these beautiful prints. <laughs> she put these beautiful coastal prints online on Facebook I Marketplace. I think it was that story. I thought you were going to tell the story of me offering the guy dinner. No! But we'll come back to that. We'll circle back of what not to do when you're a single gal living alone at selling stuff at on the internet. Um, but... We're just going to talk about the craziness of the marketplace. <laughs> so the print lady is what we'll dub her. Two gorgeous prints were put online separately. And someone had messaged us and said, I will want this um, print. I'll come by and pick it up at five o'clock tonight and I will pay the amount for it. And Jess said, great. Meanwhile, 76 other people messaged about the same bloody <laughs> print. The, she's not even joking. I had 76 messages about a print. Maybe I put it up for... Too cheap. Like it was a large beach print and I put it up for $40, but maybe I should have put it up for more. Yeah. When you get an influx of that level, you know you've undervalued the the item. Anyway, so in amongst this, the lady's coming. So Jess puts it to pending. Apparently, that doesn't mean someone is going to buy it, according to print lady. Print lady then messages Jess to the print ad and says, "Um, I want this. Can you tell me when I can come pick it up? And Jess is like, I'm just going to ignore that because it says pending and I'm already selling it to someone. This lady that really wanted this print, print lady, then goes on to a separate <laughs> advert that Jess has for Where something else back? and goes, hi, um, I messaged you about another advert, but you haven't messaged me back. So I've messaged you on this ad. I really want the prints. And then just keeps messaging and messaging. And, and, then, and Jess- then I said to her, I said, you can have one of them, but the other mm. one's pending. You're happy to have the other. She was like, well, no, I want two. And if she doesn't come to pick it up today, I'm next in line. I am, ne- I am, I next. am next. Regardless of what Jess had set up, this lady wanted these prints, right? <laughs> anyway, long story short, the original buyer bails because her husband <laughs> yeah. said no. Print lady messages back the instant... <laughs> Pending comes off. Be like, I'll take both of them. I want both of them. <laughs> the worst part was, when can I get them? I said, oh shit, like I'm at work. Yeah. What time do you get home? I was like, like nine. She goes, why is that so late? Why do you work so late? I was like, oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God, who is this lady? And then she and then- goes, okay, what time do you leave for work in the morning? The next morning? I was like, God, like before seven. She goes, I want to come and meet you. Can I come and get them from you in the morning? I said, can't you just get them from the front door and leave the money in the meter box? They're all individually wrapped. But then at one point, she also oh. messaged when she wasn't going oh. to purchase them. She goes, um, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm lost trying to find your house. Not once did Jess send this lady her address at that point. Like nothing. Anyway, it was a wild time. She got both the prints for 80 bucks. And she wrote a little note. Thank you so much. (laughs) Note with the money attached. She was crazy Mm. invested in those prints though. Like it's too much. People must sit on there all day because I had a a buffet cabinet. A lovely lady came and picked it up yesterday. She was really, really nice. And she goes, oh, Jess, did you see it? I bought it. I bought it off you in 12 minutes. You put it on and I bought it in 12 minutes. That must be a record. And I was like, oh, okay. fucking hell. But that's not the story I thought Sean was no. going to tell. I, <laughs> I had an outdoor little furniture set. It was like two little cane wicker chairs and a little wicker table. 
And I'd put it up to sell and this young guy who he had said he'd moved from up north, his family are from the gold fields or like, you know, super, super up north in WA and he'd moved down by himself and he had asked to get them. It was probably 8.30. It was a Tuesday night. Um, I don't know why I remember days so well. It was a Tuesday night. It was about 8.30 at night and he so said he was like, to the story. I'm coming. And I said, no worries. Now, these chairs are quite big and – you know, I put the dimensions in the photo. Mm. So you knew what he was signing up for, but he rocked up in like a tiny little Toyota Camry. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't think he's going to fit unless he puts his seat down. I'm still not sure how it's going to fit. Mm. Anyway, he texts me. was like, oh, I'm here. And my dog, like psychotic at the yeah. door, psychotic. Anyway, this guy was like, oh, don't worry. I've got two family blue staffies. Like I'm so fine with dogs. But keep in mind, I'd already put the furniture out by the front, yeah. so in the front yard. Like yeah. I've got a huge front yard. It was on the little veranda out the front and I had just said, just come grab them, mate, and leave the money in the meter box because mm-hmm. it was 8.30 at night mm-hmm. and I thought, safety first, I don't really want to be dealing with strangers. Totally. But now that's not really what happened. No, that's um, not what happened at all. He knocked on the door and I had to open the door because if I didn't open the door, the police would have been sent around because Bundy would have set off every neighbour yeah. under the sun. So I had to open the door and I was like, oh, mate, they're just out the front there. Um, just leave the money in the beater box. I'm just in the middle of cooking dinner. Meanwhile, had fake tan on, no bra, a nighty on. I was not we were winding down. good. I was definitely – had a face mask on too, actually. <laughs> um, one of those sheet masks. That's what I had when I answered the door. So that, you know, I'm looking my best. I'm looking great. And yeah. he walks in and he's like, oh, Jess, I don't think they'll fit in my car. And I was like, oh, probably not. Like, just take one of them, come back. I don't know, yeah. do what you want. And he was like, oh, no, I've, I've just texted my friend. Um, he'll come and get it. He's probably half an hour away. I was like, okay. Now, if that was me, I'd be like, I'm just going to go sit in my car for half an hour. Mm-hmm. But I, he just kind of awkwardly stood at the door. And so I was like, oh, do you, do you want to come in? He was like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And then the next minute he's in, he's sitting at my kitchen bench, watching me cut chicken with my face mask on and my tan, sitting at my bench. I don't even think I had knickers on under my nighty, like if we're going to go really into detail. He was sitting at my kitchen bench and I was like, oh, would you like a drink? Made him a drink. Then I was like, oh, I'm just making dinner. Uh, did, did, you, did you want some dinner? And then he was like, no, no, I'm good. I've eaten. Then he you tells me. him dinner. Yeah. Then he tells me his whole life story. He had to, His brother had a brain injury, how he has a therapy dog, how he's moved alone, how he doesn't know what he wants to do with his whole life. He hasn't started studying yet because he feels a bit lost. And anyway, I got his whole life story. And then he was laying on my kitchen floor with a tug of war rope, playing tug of war with Bundy because he missed his dog so much. Oh, my God. Anyway, it That's wasn't so half an hour. Than... It was more like 45 minutes oh, and I fed and watered him and then his mate came and he's like, oh, my friend's here now. I'm like, okay. And then he just gave me the money and took off and it was this weird. And then messages me the whole story. I'm like, what the fuck? I know. I could have Why died, are you hey? letting strangers into your house to sit and watch you cook? <laughs> That's freaking weird. <laughs> no knickers in a town. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. You know, it's a weird place, but hey, you get to meet lots of new people. Um, everyone I've dealt with has been very nice. Just very some lovely. overly friendly and print lady eager. was a lot. Print she lady, was a lot. she was so much. Yeah, she was very invested. Yeah, but anyway, so that's my new story. I sold my house, bought a new house, met some new friends, selling some furniture, and I've ordered a spicy new couch, and it takes sixteen weeks to come. So long. So I'm going to be recording on the floor for a little longer. Yeah, but yeah, so that's that's the house update, guys, and. 
Sean and I are very much looking forward to Hot Girl Summer. Hot Girl and, Summer. And uh, the little beach, the beach. shack. Mm-mm-mm. So, yes. So, that's your good news. Yeah, I feel like you should tell a story. I feel like I've been talking too much snack. Okay, fine. I'll talk my uh, fun fact follow-up. Um, as those who have listened to season one and, again, watched on our socials, everyone knows I got a new hip. <laughs> and uh, l- let's just say it was an experience that I don't really want to repeat again. It, it was, was fucked. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It was absolutely yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> From start to finish, it was basically a balls up. Um, and oh. one thing after the other happened that shouldn't have happened. And it was just a very disappointing experience for me as a nurse and as a patient. It was just handled very badly. There was a point where my doctor, um, after I'd had surgery and I was dealing with a lot of pain because a spinal block hadn't worked um the doctor came it had worked in the wrong leg in the wrong leg (laughs) uh yeah it's a wild look i don't want to bad mouth anyone because everyone has bad days but i just think i had everyone's bad day throughout (laughs) my entire admission because for someone who has a full spinal fusion, when someone tells you just before surgery that you're not going to have a general anesthetic, you're actually going to have a spinal epidural. And then they go, I don't really want that. And then you get kind of sidelined into having it. I get so angry with myself and I'm trying to work through it. I get so angry with myself because I didn't advocate strongly enough for me. And I keep replaying that decision over and over again in my head because I'm like, I said no, and I got bamboozled by words and authority. And I'm really disappointed in myself. I think you advocated pretty fucking hard and a lot harder than other people would have in that situation. Yeah, I just wish that I had done it more. And like, I, I just felt at that point, I really needed someone on my medical team to be like, this isn't the right plan. I can see that she doesn't want to do this. Like I was crying from start to finish of being wheeled into the anesthetic bay because I was so terrified of having an epidural and fucking about with my spine that's already pretty messed up. And then when they popped it in, I felt a pop in my bladder and then my right leg went warm, which is the wrong leg. (laughs) I was having my left hip done, but my right leg was starting to go numb. And I kept like saying, it's the wrong leg. I'm not, I feel really weird. I felt it in my bladder. Shut up, Sean, have some more medazzlime, go to sleep. Shut up, shut up, Literally, literally they just medazzed me to the point that I passed out. And then I woke up in recovery in so much pain, so much pain. And then when I got back to the ward, luckily Zach went to go and get my stuff from the car, but Jess was there. And the little baby doctor. I I can't. This literally, (laughs) it makes me sweat. My heart rate goes up. My blood pressure goes up. Yep. Like, oh, this is incompetence at a whole new level. Yeah. It's almost funny when we say it now, but (laughs) holy Jesus, I was about to kill him. I was like, how much trouble would I get in for literally punching this fucker Mm. in the face? So he comes in to me to review me after surgery because I'm in a bit of pain and whatever and to uh, assess me for the ward. Comes in and I'm a little bit out of it. I'm in a lot of pain. 
et cetera, et cetera. Comes very in, out of it. A little very bit out of it. not the yeah, one. I was very out of it. I was, I don't actually remember much of my time in hospital. Screaming, crying, in pain, and should absolutely not be answering questions. Like <laughs> this patient is in a pain crisis. We need to get on top of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet Lord. So the doctor comes in and listens to my chest and <laughs> asks Jess why my heart sounds funny. Excuse me, why can I hear a little ticking in her heart? That's because I have a mechanical <laughs> heart valve, sir. That is because I have a mechanical heart valve, sir. He's like, do you think it's a murmur? <laughs> it's a mechanical valve doll. Oh, and then he then sits me forward to listen to my chest at my back. Shad can't even sit forward. She's in so much pain. She's, he's like, okay, just sit forward. And I'm like pulling myself up, trying to like shake my way forward, white knuckling the bed rail. Oh my God. Why does she have so big scars down her back? <laughs> what? Oh, I have a full spinal fusion, my guy. My guy. <gasps> oh my goodness. And then the best part is he then comes around to have a look at my dressing of my just operated on left hip and gets two fingers and then pushes down on my thigh fresh wound on the fresh wound site to the bone like pushing down does that hurt (laughs) yes yes it does yes quite a lot actually please don't do that again fuck and that's just the beginning of the roller coaster of a ride that i had while i was in hospital they took me for an x-ray on a blow-up mattress and didn't put it in transport mode and therefore as i was being wheeled down to x-ray the air left my mattress which then meant that i was day two post-op or day one even post-op lying on the metal frame of my bed because all of the air from my air mattress had left much like my will to live at this point it was honestly it was so bad it was oh beyond bad it was beyond bad and just like she was meant to have an iron transfusion during it up but they could never tell if they they gave it or not they don't think they gave it so they said no sham we didn't give you iron but her iron her ferritin went up by a hundred yeah just on its own but for six months with iron supplements only went up like 14 so god knows what happened in theater but apparently I can produce a lot of ferritin in theatre oh, while under stress. It was, oh, it anyway. was shocking. <laughs> so I... And, have- oh, hang on. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. The worst part why she's like literally almost rigoring in pain mm. on the bed. And I'm like, can you get APS, like the acute pain team, to please come and review her? Oh, no, no. We normally do that on like day one post-op. She's day zero. So she can wait. I'm gonna, like, you're going to leave her for 24 <laughs> hours like this. And he was like, have you tried Panadol? Oh, doll. She's opioid dependent. Anyway, then I got sassy and fierce and angry. And I'm glad Zach didn't see that side of me because Shad doesn't remember it. So it's fine. But luckily we had a very lovely student nurse. She was very sweet. She was very good. She's like, I'll call whoever you need me to call, Jess. I was like, okay, thank you. But yeah, so I wasn't exactly looked after to the best of anyone's ability. Um, My night nurse was the boss though. Like she was fire. Um, That's all I can really remember. But yeah, I've totally blacked out that whole experience other than like little snippets of like trauma. trauma. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was a rough time. Oh, and they gave me um, celecoxib and I got really wild heartburn. Um, turns out celecoxib is a part of the aspirin family, which I'm allergic to because it burns away the lining of my stomach. So the pharmacist, upon discharge, connected the dots as to why I was getting heartburn. And I'd asked the doctor to put me on pantoprazole or something. 
to kind of ease this like crazy reflux. Give your gal a PPI, please. And it wasn't until I was being discharged that the pharmacist was like, oh, I've seen that they've put you on this. That's that's linked to aspirin. It's probably why you've got heartburn. I was like, thank you so much, pharmacist. Honestly, the, the, the thing about like nurses and pharmacists stop doctors killing people is so true. And in that moment, I could not thank that pharmacist enough. It was just a lot to deal with. But anyway, it's done now. <laughs> It and was, I'm, I'm home. And I'm glad we're never doing that again. We're never. We're, the right leg can just wilter away. I don't care. We're not doing it again. <laughs> I'm just taking it's it off. Not, it's not happening again. Put me down. Send me to the glue factory. It's not happening. Oh, we'll amputate it. It's not happening. That's actually, that's a good segue into another life update for baby Boons uh, oh, <laughs> and yeah. his leg. So he, in the middle of me trying to get my house ready for some photo. Stop cracking sorry. knuckles, you I'm pig. I'm so sorry. Yuck. Um, <laughs> trying to yeah sort my house of photos and mum was like oh for home opens people are going to open your linen press and be like oh does this have enough space and mum was like you can't have messy towels and stuff everything needs to be folded so we're in there doing that and the boys the boys being Bundy's twin which is mum and dad's dog and Bund's we were sitting at the back and then Bundy came in non-weight bearing on his leg crying couldn't put any weight on it and it just was fucked and I was heartbroken because he's had both knees replaced. So yeah. I was a bit like, you're kidding. He's a full robotic. So guy. I rung his vet surgeon, which have an ED. They recommended I go there. So I drove an hour to the mm. surgeon. I then sat on the emergency floor for three hours because Bundy has severe separation anxiety and OCD. So I can't sit on a chair and have him sit on the floor between my legs. I need to sit on the floor and have him sit on top of me because he's so anxious. So my mm. co- lovely coccyx pain, which you all know about, was just in fine form after three hours on the ED floor. Supposing at hemorrhoids, mate. I know, I know, right? And because dogs that have like eaten chocolate and stuff obviously get pushed forward because yeah. it's an emergency. Toxic. Bundy like just couldn't wait where, but he couldn't sit down. He couldn't get comfortable anywhere. We got sent home with anti-inflammatories. He got a bit better, and then. He went for the soft walk and then he got worse again. And then I went to his normal doctor, which I've now learned is called a GP, like what we would call a doctor. They were a like, GP vet. Yeah, his general practitioner, I'm like, oh, whatever. So anyway, he went to his GP and I love his GP and he's great for GP things, but his GP did some x-rays and I've since found out that none of this upcoming adventure is going to be covered by pet insurance. He cost me $100 a month to insure and nothing is going to be covered. So this is looking like a $10,000 out-of-pocket experience So for me coming up. So he's I bloody love lucky. That. He's cute. He's lucky, he's cute, and he's so loved. Yeah. But anyway, when I was selling my house, I was like to my agent, I was like, can you just push them an extra 10 grand because like, Boons needs a knee surgery. We need so it. I got 10 grand more than I wanted for my house mm. and that just went straight into a little separate Bundeno account. But anyway, sat on the ED floor and I was told to go home, saw my GP and the GP pretty much painted a very grim picture to say it was awful. Awful. I was hysterical that it was a really bad subluxing patella, Mm. um, but, you know, because he's such a big dog, 
Um, there's no chance that he'd be able to recover from this. It's like a six months in a crate kind of thing. He's only ever seen it once in his career and it was on a cat and the cat was a homeless cat. So they were getting him ready to be fostered. They tried to fix it. They couldn't. And he was put down. So he was pretty much like, Jess, you need to think about amputating the leg or putting him down. So patella is a kneecap, by the way. And so what is happening is his kneecap is being dislocated and then goes back into place and dislocates and goes back into place. But if he's just at home and kept quiet he's a hundred percent because the kneecap's in Mm. place and if it's out it's just like if someone was to dislocate their shoulder or their knee kind of thing pop it back in and so the little groove way that stops your knee from rocking inwards has kind of worn down and that's why it's flopping in anyway he pretty much painted this picture that it it, it's grim it's potentially three legs Mm. or it's death death. (laughs) i was like uh, that's not the one. He's my whole life. So probably yeah. not. So I was like, can you please refer me to his surgeon who has replaced both of his back of his knees and changed the shape and mm. he recovered amazingly from them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Jess, he doesn't work there anymore. I was like, oh, oh he does. He definitely does. Cause he was a fellow for the first knee and a consultant for the second knee and he's there and mm. he knows that Bund is my life. Anyway, he's like, oh, I can do a referral. We'll see. I don't, I can't promise anything before Christmas. Anyway, the week before Christmas, he called me and was like, Jess, I really want to see Boons before Christmas. I don't understand his scans. I want to work out what's going on. The specialist. The specialist. Yep. So I took dad to the specialist with me because I was driving an hour to see him. I didn't want to get really horrendous news from the specialist and then have mm. to drive home. So Not I took dad with me. Now, he's amazing, the specialist. And he's pretty much said that like, the good news is to this story is the bad news is that he will need another big operation he will probably need eight to ten weeks in a crate again recovering which unfortunately in his three little years of life he's done this twice before Mm. but he can guarantee that he can he said he's 98.5 percent sure that he can get Bundy back to being 100 percent. so I'm like they're pretty good odds mate way better odds than than yeah have three legs or put him down and then the surgeon's like yep I can fix this. Anyway, so I took dad and he started to draw pictures for me of what he thinks is going on, but he needs to have a CT scan. So this dog is currently requiring more radiological imaging than I am. Um, And a CT for a dog is going to cost me $1,700 this Friday cash. So that's, you know, all this furniture that I'm selling, I have a little cash bucket and that's for Bundeni CT. So anyway, I'm sitting in there and the vet, the lovely surgeon has gone to get Bundy some anti-inflammatories. Now, there's a bit of a backstory to this surgeon. One, he's incredibly kind, beautiful, lovely, good looking. Oh, I hope he listens. Nice. No, he's never going to find me. It could be a romantic love story if he does. Anyway, he's just lovely. Now, he popped up on Tinder. (laughs) Okay, like 18 months ago, in between first knee and second knee. And I thought, oh, that's Bundy's surgeon. But then, being the professional gal I am, I said, no, I can't swipe to that because that's really unprofessional. That would be like a parent swiping to me on Tinder. Like, that's work-life boundaries here. You can't Mm -hmm, do that. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I said, no, better not. I don't think it's the same for vets, though. Uh, Well, you just don't know, sis. You don't know. So I was trying to be a professional gal. I thought, that's Bundy Surgeon. I can't cross that boundary. Now, good Lord, I wish I had because (laughs) I could have had some serious subsidy in the (laughs) money situasi. But anyway, I did swipe no. And I think on Tinder, once you swipe no, that's it forever. Oh, I don't think so. Well, he hasn't come back. But then I don't, I don't know. 
And then anyway, I was trying, <laughs> Sean and I were trying to work out how old he was. Yeah. So we we're like going through his like little bio on his surgical page. Like, okay, so he studied this and then he studied this and he studied this. <laughs> so You're making us sound like complete psychos. Well, because I didn't know if I had to up my Tinder age again. <laughs> Look, I'm being honest with the people. And so we think he's like 32 to 34, I think. So perfect age, right? Anyway, I get back in there with dad. He's gone to get some anti-inflammatory trees for me. I'm sitting with dad. And dad goes, Jesus, Jess, he's so nice. He's so kind. He's so good looking. Why Why didn't you swipe? And I was like, <laughs> I know dad. And then I was like, shit, dad, now maybe you're cock blocking me. Because like my dad doesn't look very old. And you know, anything can happen in 2022 that I was like <laughs> panicking. So I was like, okay, I just need to dad, say dad da. a lot. Dad, so he comes back in and I'm like, thanks, dad. Dad, what do you think? Dad, like a hundred times. Yeah, good job you didn't say daddy though. Yeah, fuck, so right? So I'm like, dad, 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 a hundred times. And then I'm like, is he flirting? No, I think he's just a really nice person. I'm just talking to him like I'd talk to anyone else. And I just think we're both nice. Anyway, dad was going to take Bundy out the front because Bundy gets very overwhelmed and I was going to pay the bill. So I've gone to pay the bill and then for a surgical consult, I don't know, it's like 200 and something dollars for a surgical consult and plan. And so I was ready to swipe my card away because mm. Bundy takes all my money and he, the little admin lady was like, oh, I'm just waiting for him to ring through with the pricing and stuff. I was like, yeah, no worries. I'm like waiting, waiting, waiting. And then she goes, oh, he's just put it down as a surgical revisit, but this is a new injury, isn't it? I was like, yeah. She goes, oh, I don't know. He's just charged you $90 for some reason. Uh. So look, maybe he wants flirting in his billing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, I'm going we'll back. Read into it. Uh, yeah, I'm going back on Friday uh, for a CT, and then he has to call me with the results three days later. So somehow, I don't know how I can subtly be like, "Do you want to go on a date?" I don't know how you can do that subtly, but I don't think that you can do that. Subtly. You can't, can you? No. And my pal care team so funny that she was like, what are <laughs> she was, "Why don't you just ring him and say, you know how anxious Bundy gets and how much he hates the vet? So like, do you mind doing a home visit?" I'm like, it's not palliative care. We're doing home visits. He's a surgeon. What can he offer in the home? <laughs> so that that wasn't that was my only advice nice so try. far. But nice yeah. Try, anyway, so that's Boon's update. But my lovely sexy surgeon. God, I hope he never listens. <laughs> anyway, he said he was like, right, Jesse, moving house. Bundy's got OCD, so let's just settle him into the new place. Just yeah. keep him confined. Don't yeah. let him run like a crazy motherfucker. Keep him confined, settle him into the new place just so he doesn't freak out, and then we'll do the knee. So that's yeah. upcoming. That'll probably be towards the end of season two, let's be real. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's the Bundy update. Well, then we need to, you need to update the people about you now. Oh, okay. Fuck, I'm talking so much. Okay, so me, I said to you all I was going to a rheumatologist the day after we finished up season one and your gals got lupus. Yay. <laughs> Woo! So, <laughs> I mean, that's cool, I think. Um, there's lots of different types of lupus for those who are listening. I know we have a lot of listeners who actually do have lupus. Um, and I am by no mean, uh, a whiz at lupus. I'm kind of just learning it. But when I had every single symptom, I was like, yeah, well, makes sense, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so I technically have SLE, so that's a systemic lupus and it's characterized by flare ups and then periods of improvement which are actually called remission um and it can affect any part of the body any organ often in sle it's skin and joints um but in some people it can be the kidneys the lungs the heart um, blood vessels brain seizures yeah so i'm lucky in that i don't think it's 
I think my brain's okay. My heart's okay, I think. And my kidney function is good. So that's a good thing. We know that. Um, So I have, it's kind of, it's an autoimmune disease where your body pretty much attacks itself, which is not ideal. And there's a blood (laughs) test you can do called an ANA and it's meant to be zero. Um, But mum was not Um, because my body's attacking itself. (laughs) But it wasn't as high as he expected considering I was clinically so unwell. Yeah. So anyway, um, 90% of people who get lupus are female. Uh, 15 to 45 is the most common age, but the like, the most, most common age is late 20s. So mm. ding, ding, ding. That's where your gal is. We love that. Um, yeah, you test for it from an ANA blood test, um, some IgGs, IgMs, like all your immunoglobulins, which, yep, mum are all laddy duty da um, and then your clinical symptoms. So my plan in terms of medical treatment was I did six weeks of steroids. So weaning steroids. I started hardcore pred at 25 milligrams. She was hangry. I was, fuck, I can't oh tell gosh. you. She was so hangry. So hangry and so sweaty. Yeah. No one tells you get sweats with steroids and I give kids steroids all the time, but hangry and so yeah. fucking sweaty and puffy, like little moon face. Ugh, not you, a vibe. This is when I was still at work before I had surgery and I um, have a chocolate tin on my desk for my team or my old team now for, um, <laughs> for Jess. So every time Jess would walk by, she'd like have a squiz of the tin, see if she could nom 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 something. That was me all yeah. the time. All the time. little all hangry. Time. Yeah. Sweaty and hangry. Sweaty like, and hangry. Oh God. Like... Butt crack, sweat, back of the knee, sweat. Sweaty, swollen. Elbow sweat. Yeah, I've put on, in the last six months, I think I've put on eight kilos. So that's not a vibe. But anyway, whatever. Uh, That's festive. It's festive. I'm festive as fuck. Um, And I've just cleaned out my wardrobe in terms of my de-cleansing and I've got rid of six garbage bags to my cousins. I have a really bad problem with clothes, which you've all now learnt. It's so bad. I can't wear anything more than once. Anyway, um, so the treatment plan was I did the steroids and I was feeling like, you should have seen me week one, aside from being hungry and sweaty, pain-wise, I was feeling myself. I was good. I was great. And then I weaned off them. And in the background, I started hydroxychloroquine or Plaquenil is the other name. Um, and it's actually an old school malaria drug, mm. um, but now it's not really used so much uh, in malaria in malaria. Treatment. It's more just used for lupus, um, but it's used to reduce joint pain, skin rashes, and fatigue. Uh, and uh, the side effect, however, of that drug is worsening psoriasis. Mm. So it fixes every other skin condition, but makes psoriasis worse. And I've got really bad psoriasis. Yes. So initially my psoriasis got really well under control because of the steroids. Naturally. But now it's like a little bit bad again, but still not as bad. The seesaw of chronic life. No, I know. It's such a fine balance. So yeah. Um, now when I'm in remission, I guess, I won't be on steroids. When I have a flare, I'll be on prednisolone. I see him again in January. I might need to start an immunosuppressant, which is methotrexate, mm. which I know quite a few friends that have been on that. And it doesn't make them feel very great. So if I can hold off on it, that would be yeah. good because unfortunately COVID is coming and I'm an intensive care nurse. So I don't really want to be immunosuppressant. <laughs> you know, suppressed no. while doing my job. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And the in terms of my pain, actually, Sean and Zach asked the other night how I was feeling. And it's hard to know when you like go day by day. But if I do look back on the last two months, um, those coccyx flare-ups where I was sitting on the donut ring that you all know about, they have gotten significantly less in duration. So mm. I've only had in two months, I would have flares probably like, 
four out of the seven days I'd have unbearable coccyx pain and can't sit. I've only had three flares all lasting between two and three days. So that's only when you put it together about nine days in a two-month period. So that's much improved. Um, My pleuritis pain, I get chest pain in the right side of my chest and centrally on the right side, which is inflammation of my lung um, tissue. Uh, But that's much better. So I don't have had no pleuritis since starting the drugs. Um, My feet are still terrible, but Mm. they were the worst part of everything. So I think they are going to take the longest time to recover. Yeah, Um, My endometriosis has been a little bit better controlled in saying that I've had a really bad flare in there a couple of days ago, which was, I couldn't do anything. It wrote me off for the day. It was so random though. So random out of nowhere, like huge breakthrough bleed and then horrendous symptoms. Mm. And, but to be honest in saying that they haven't been lasting as long and they haven't been as frequent. So that's pretty good. Um, My skin rashes on my face have much improved. The little red butterfly rash thing. It's still there when I have a shower, but otherwise not very much. I think what also happens is when you go through a period of having like a good management system or that you're in less pain, it almost feels 10 times worse when you do have a flare or in air quotes, a step back or a fall back into pain because you've like, you feel like you've been you tricked. step a bit further away from yeah, the pain. Yeah, like you, then- fi- you feel so good and then it almost is even more disappointing. Yeah. Because like, oh, I'm not fixed. You remember, you get reminded by your body that it's chronic and yeah. you're never going to be fixed. Yeah. So it can actually be a really tough cycle when you are seeing progress that you actually fall back into pain because, I don't know, it's like a lull of sen- um, a lull into false sense of security in that you, you're doing really well and you're managing, but then it, it just is so disheartening when you start getting pain again because it reminds you that it's never over yeah. and it can get really daunting and really like um, depressing. But is trying to remind yourself that it's a cycle and that the days that you're in pain may be getting less or shorter. It's, yeah, and, and it's like yeah. it's coming to terms with that seesaw, isn't it? That's yeah, really and hard. That's when I recommend, I mean, like we know our Spoonie Society girls do it, but um, the, the symptom tracker, I wish I'd actually diarized it so I can physically see it yeah, because totally. mum had asked me again the other day, she was like, oh, your endo's actually been really good. You need to start diarizing it because this is the worst. Mum could remember it was the worst fire I'd had in a couple of months, but mm. I, it would be nice to write it down. And when I had those idiopathic angioedema face blowout things, that's what I had to do was diarize it. And I mm. think... I think that's what I should do and I might I might bring that into 2022 with nice. me. Um, but yeah, but there are some other symptoms. Like I was getting one to two mouth ulcers a week that mm. would last seven to ten days and be really incredibly painful. I've not – I've had one mouth ulcer after a stressful um, resuscitation at work Yeah, and I got one. That's it. I've had not, not one other mouth mm. ulcer, so that's really good. Um, hair loss, I think a side effect of this hydroxychloroquine makes your hair a bit thinner, so – I still am losing a bit of hair. But the other thing was I've persistently had a low-grade temperature for five years. Yeah. Um, for a very long time. Even when I had my tonsils out this year, they're like, oh, my God, Jess, your temperature's like 37.3 before going in. And I was like, this is just me all the yeah. time. And then I kind of had all those operations and then I got septic and I've just kind of always rid a little bit higher than normal mm-hmm. and that makes you really tired and fatigued in itself. And the other, the other day, um, just before Christmas actually, I took Sean Christmas shopping. Yes. 
And I was whizzing her around in a little wheelchair yeah. so she could go to Christmas shopping. And part of it is we had to be COVID checked yes. to have our temperatures done before we could loan this equipment. And I was technically her person that was wheeling the wheelchair. Yeah. So I also be, had to be screened. And I was like, oh, here we go, Sean. My temp, they're going to be like, you've got COVID because I'm always fucking febrile. Yeah. But my temp was actually lower than Sean's. I know, so, so proud of you. Uh, I don't have a low-grade fever anymore, so <laughs> the drugs must be doing something. So you went in all of the games now. Yeah. Because you're not feverish. Yes. But um, just thinking about the, I was thinking about the seesaw of you and you doing your good and bad days and whatever. I, what I didn't speak about when I did my hip flashback or fun fact follow-up was that I actually found this recovery more psychologically taxing than physically taxing because all of my other surgeries I just had to wait and I'd feel better but this one because it's a joint and such a an important joint or in including in your mobility I couldn't do a lot of things and I couldn't move very well and I couldn't even carry things because I had two crutches at the time to help me walk and it actually made me feel really inadequate and it made me feel like such a burden and it brought up a lot of things that I thought I had dealt with um, within myself and like in terms of self-love and self-acceptance. I am in no way, shape or form as far progressed as I thought I was. I struggled big time having to actually allow people in to help me um, and I got really upset with myself and really down um and I don't think it helped that it was such a traumatic experience um because it's I kept the worst thing because you relive it and yeah. the flashbacks that was like after my endo up you just yeah. you're at home you're yeah. not doing anything you can't drive you can't go anywhere you're stuck with your own thoughts and yeah. you're forced to deal with them and it's a lot and you know you and Zach took some time off to um be at home with me and I didn't want to lean on him but he wanted me to and I just felt like I couldn't and I'm still I'm still not comfortable with the idea that I can allow myself to fully be vulnerable with anybody because I'm I'm scared of that feeling of being a burden and I have not gotten over that. Yeah. And that's a huge part of what I believe that a lot of people with chronic illnesses feel and that was just the personification. This is what it felt like, right? My whole life I have had this idea of I can I can do whatever I want and I can be whoever I want to be. And it's this internalized ableism, if you will. So like the thought that being seen as disabled or that something is chronically wrong with you is a negative thing, right? And it's just through no fault of anyone's that I've been given throughout my life or told like, you know, you know, you can be strong and keep doing this and, you know, don't sit down for too long and don't, don't hurt yourself. But keep pushing and all this stuff it becomes this like I cannot show that I am actually physically disabled or that I need more help right and then I realized that my entire life I've tried to portray that I am not sick and that I am okay and that I'm healthy but this surgery actually made me be the physical representative of being sick right so I was on crutches I couldn't move I couldn't do anything for myself and I actually physically needed help and my whole life I've tried to not be what the surgery made me to be yeah do you know what I mean and it was really a hard pill to swallow and I realized that I was really uncomfortable with the idea of actually 
looking physically unwell. Yeah. Yeah, I completely like I was get really that. uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And I think you do, you protect yourself. Being a chronic illness sufferer, you protect yourself all the time. You mm. like, you're your own personal security guard, your own personal bodyguard, your own personal advocate. You, you're on edge all the time because you never know what days, what's going to come with each yep. day or what's next or how you're going to have to advocate for yourself at medical appointments or what you're going to have to say to defend yourself. Like you're always just a little bit like, oh God, like what next, what next? Mm, and mm. when... When you're just kind of left physically really sore, mentally exhausted and almost isolated. Like, yeah. I mean, you look at everyone at the moment with COVID isolation yeah. and the statistics in poor mental health. Having all that time alone at home makes anyone's mental health poor because yeah. you go and go and go and you do. You think you've made leaps and bounds with your mental health, but it's probably just because you're busy and you're distracted and you haven't had time to think about it. And so it's yeah. not till you stop and you're like, oh, totally. God, this is just too much. Blech. Yeah, Yuck. not good, not good. But I guess that that brings in a little bit like Sean and I were just talking about 2022 and Sean was like, you know, I said there's so many, there's pressure to everybody uh, on, you know, the start of a new year and what the new year is to bring and new year better you. But we were saying it's it's a new year, but it's the same you and you we need to be kind to mm. ourselves and not totally. put that pressure on. Yeah, because there is a lot of like, obviously over Christmas period we've been, there's a lot of pressure to be with family, extended family that may not fully understand. And it could be quite a triggering event being put in an environment that people don't really fully understand who you are and what you're going through. And then all the pressure of like, you know, social media with the new year and, you know, making all these new year's resolutions and feeling all this pressure to do better and to be better, to be better when really just doing the bare minimum is freaking hard work and because otherwise you just feel like it's the start of a year and you're already setting yourself up to fail we can't totally. we can't change you you can't yes you can change different things you do in life but you you ultimately can't completely change who you are you can't like, you can't do that you can't. as much as people like to think that they may be able to and so and like the festive time is hard people a lot of people have a lot of time off too mm -hmm. so it's a time for reflection can't say I've had much of that but most people yeah most people have a lot of time to self-reflect and it makes you also realize what people you want to be around I know that happens a lot so you know for me at Christmas I'm I have to see my family mm. but I, I was like you know what I don't actually have anything in common with these people and you're forced to spend time with them but it really made me again reevaluate who's in my life why they're in my life why how and why they're so important to me because mm. you your time is limited and when I'm like sitting around with you know family members that you're not very close to I'm like oh god like these people don't bring the joy in my life that my friends do and then I appreciate my friends more so there's a lot of that self-reflection and then yep. you know going into the new year I guess everyone even if you don't actually set physical goals, but you would off most people think about it because people's like, Oh, what's your new year's resolution? Mm. And, and it's a conversation starter and people subconsciously do think about what they want in, in the next 12 months. And it's great to have goals, but it's great to have realistic goals. That's the difference is making it realistic and measurable as well, because you know, you, you, you're setting yourself up to fail really. If you're going for the hard, heavy hitters straight off the bat, like, for me, it's, I need to kind of prioritize myself and actually physically do it rather than just talk a good talk. And 
I, the thought of having to like organize hydrotherapy was just one thing too much for me. I was like, I'm bored of this. Like I've got to sort out all of my prescriptions and my GP appointments. And then I've got to try and get to clinics on time. I've and run blah, out of blah, a blah, script blah. for my amitriptyline today. I went and oh. I was like, can I just fill my amitriptyline and this and this, my hydroxychloroquine. And she was like, Jess, you've run out of the amitriptyline. I was like, and it's sick one. It's so sick one. annoying because it's another thing that you have to plan and take on board. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for those that have chronic illnesses of any sort of how much stuff you have juggling at any one moment is a lot. And I think my new year goal is to try and allow myself to take pride in that and actually see it as less of a burden and more as a positive step towards healing and nurturing myself is like, the best that I'm going to do. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I think mine's the same. I think definitely for this year, I'm going to try and teach myself to slow down mm. a little bit yeah. and to spend more time doing the things that I love doing. So I was going to go back to study this, you know, next month. And then when I stopped and thought about it, I was like, I've got to move house. I don't want to feel rushed. I want to settle into that house. My mm. focus is Bundy. Yeah. Like, I don't, do I really want to be studying? No. Why am I studying? Well, because I want to work in the hospice, which isn't built yet, which isn't going to be built for three years. So I've got a lot of time. Mm. Is it going to help me with my job? Nope. Cause I've already got the permanent job. So mm. I don't think they did midterm intake. So, oh, well, if they don't do midterm, then maybe it's next year's problem. Yeah. But I've just taken that pressure off and I, you know, I think once I'm settled in the house and we get on top of boons, I think I might also drop my hours. Yeah. So I can just have a little bit of just enjoying the simple things in life and have more time to do that. And yeah. I think I'm going to dance a bit more. I've enrolled in two dance classes this term. Nice. Um, because that's what makes me happy. So, yeah, just do more things I love and less things I don't love. I've actually really missed the podcast. I know, same. I've really missed it. It feels weird to be I was talking like, shit again. I know. But it does feel good. Rusty. It is good. It Rusty. is good. All right. So coming to the end of the episode where it's questions and quotes. I want to know where all the listeners' little resolutions are. Can you message them to us? It'd be really nice. Yeah. We'll do a little post with yeah. New, Year's, New Year's goals. Yeah. Not resolutions. I don't like the term okay. resolutions. Okay. New Year realistic goals. Yeah. Love that. Spoonie goals. Yeah. Love that. Nice. We'll definitely do that. Yeah. Do I have a question for you? Mm. Questions, question, question. Ooh. What part of 2021 are you taking with you into 2022? And what part are you leaving it there to die? <laughs> I'm leaving most of it there to die, actually. Uh, most of that year can suck a dick. Um, I did make that reel, which was like my little forced self-reflection time that I put up on our Instagram to show that there were actually some good times yeah. in the year that was hell. Mm. There are lots of things I'm leaving behind. I'm leaving behind a lot of toxic friendships. I'm leaving behind shitty relationships. I'm leaving behind, obviously, I'm leaving behind this home, which I love, but it's time the chapter is closed and I need a refresh, so I'm leaving all that behind. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to take with me, I don't know, I think, I think 2021 made me a lot stronger. 
even though I didn't think I needed to be because yeah. 2019 and 2020 <laughs> were pretty shit. So I thought I'd got my strength. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. I'm going to take that strength from 2021 and bring it through to this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I think... I think also 2021, like getting the diagnosis of lupus, everyone was like, oh my God, that's so shit. Like, oh my God, I don't know how you're so positive. But just a bit of clarity to why I've been so sick. I don't know. I was kind of like, oh, well, there's an answer. Let's just do something about it. Yeah. So totally. I think I'm going to take that clarity and the focus on my health now that I know what's wrong and how I can fix it. I'm going to take that and be more, more proactive. I'm going to try and take. Um, some alternative stuff, some natural stuff, nice. trying to do more to um, work out my work-life balance so I can try and control symptoms a bit better just with lifestyle changes nice. in 2022. So prioritise my lifestyle and not my job. <laughs> 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 yeah, works work. I know. It's easier said than done. I know. Especially I in a caring, I know. caring role. It's hard. But yeah, I think that's I think that's what I'm going to bring and leave, take I like and the leave. Sound of that. Yeah, what are you going to take and leave? And you're going to talk to your my own question. Yes, about yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take, I'm going to leave behind um, the stress of 2021. Definitely, I'm going to leave that behind. That can stay there. Um, I'm going to take with me. I'm probably going to take with me a little bit of trauma into 2022. Yeah, but we're going to deal with it properly. We're going to deal with it. Oh, my so God, my foot's gone now. I'm, oh, dear. Um, <laughs> add it to the list. Um, <laughs> oh, my Raynards is slightly better since dying drugs. Not great, but I can have nifedipine. But that's another symptom. There you go. My hands and feet go blue and number. So does Sean. She has it too. Yeah. Um, twinning. Um, but I'm going to go and check in with my therapist more in 2022, I think, um, to work on myself. So I can be the best version that I can be for me. I'm going to definitely try and do some inner child work because the little Sean in me is, she's a bit traumatized. So I'm going to take care of her, I think. She bought a fucking bubble machine the other day. If that's not self-care child work, so then cute. don't I love tell me bubbles. what. I love it. I, it's know, I was like, oh my God, Bundy would love this. It's so good. But yeah, so child work, inner child work is what 2022 is calling for me, I think. It's about time because your girl's turning 30 this year. And I'm going to make another goal for us. We're going to need to do f- fun shit all the time. So once a month, we're going to have to do time. something really fun. Okay. okay. So we're going to have like day spa day. That can yep. be one month, but like just self-care, do fun shit. We should write down in a bowl the fun, fun stuff activities. and then pick one out. Okay. That okay. sounds great. Done. Awesome. Lock it in, Eddie. Lock it all right, in. Quotes. All right. I need I've to got, get I'm going to get my book. Hang okay. on. I, right. need to find mine I haven't too. actually looked at one, so I'm just going to ask you to say stop. Ready? Go. Oh God. Stop. <laughs> being busy doesn't necessarily mean you are being productive. Oh, is that for me? Targeted at me? Uh, apparently. Oh, Cosmos wants it, you to know that. Okay, I've got one from Momentary Happiness, which is one of my favorite little Instagram quote pages. It is very topical for today's episode. It's a bit long and long-winded, but it is powerful. Naturally. So once again, enjoy. Um, this is a reminder that yes, it is a new year, but you are the same person and you are under no obligation to reinvent yourself or change yourself. You are enough just as you are. I hope you start the new year understanding and appreciating just how worthy you are and always have been. 
Allow yourself to remove the pressure that comes with December as it turns to January. Instead of saying, I hope this year is good to you, I'd rather say, I hope you're good to yourself this year because you deserve your deepest desires, you deserve all of your accomplishments and above all, you deserve your own love. Yes. Isn't that fierce? I, I love, love that. that. I told you it was good. I'm I, so glad you didn't read that to me before. I know. It's really good. That hit home. Wow. I know. I'll post it on our page, guys. That You're is welcome. so good. It's powerful, isn't it? I love that. I love that. Love that. I love that. We need to repeat that. I know. I, oh so I said I'm going to print it and put it in my new house. Yeah, I love that. Oh, the mantra. Yes. So cute. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed episode one of, of the season, season two of The Chronic Sisters. Um, oh, we missed you guys. We will be back uh, next week when we get into all of the juicy things that season two will bring. And we can't wait. There is a lot of new things to come and we're very excited. Watch this space. Yes. But, but in the meantime, take care, guys. Bye!